Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. You are tuned into the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency. My name is Zachary Sexton, and today I have with me Miss Abby Marks Beal. Welcome, Abby. Thanks, Zachary. Glad to be here. Hey, glad to have you on. Your book, 10 Days to Faster Reading, really impacted me. Speed reading isn't something that you, you'd think would, would have such dramatic impact on your life, but it really did. And just a, a brief intro, you are America's top speed reading expert who, ironically, and I want to talk about this, used to hate to read. However, once you learn some of these simple secrets, which you share in your books and your podcast and your, I understand, newly released online course... Uh, you loved reading and couldn't stop sharing it with the world. It kind of reminds me of my story where I used to not be so great at productivity and then I learned a few skills and then I just wouldn't shut up about it. So let's, uh, let's dive in. I can't wait to share some of these strategies that you have uh, to, to point people out to. And specifically, let's, let's keep the conversation about some of the things that, that people are doing right that may, they may not think that, that's right because they've been taught differently and, um, and learning some of the strategies that, um, that, that will actually help you improve. Sounds great. I'm just so excited because you're excited. I love your enthusiasm around this topic. So I'm really, really glad to share this. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it might've been the cold shower that I just did. You were asking me if I'd <laughs> Suck down too much coffee, but yeah. uh, no, no, I, I really, I, I am excited about the topic because, uh, it, well, I want you to share your story first because I bet ours are, are a little bit similar in that regard about how you went from somebody who didn't really like to read to somebody who actually teaches how to read more effectively for a living. I'm really, this is, this is a really a true story that I used to hate to read. And I went through college, four years of college at Boston University. And um, I was the kind of student that, you know, if, if the professor said, you know, you need to read this and this is an extra, but you know, might want to do it, it was, I would laugh and go, yeah, not in my lifetime. Um, and so uh, the idea of even like pulling an all-nighter to read just seemed so counterproductive because, you know, the, the idea of reading and not understanding all night long didn't make sense to me. So I would never do that. I think I did it once and I said, I'm not pulling all-nighters just to read because it wasn't effective for me. And so it was after college that I actually got a job because I had a degree at a company that taught speed reading and study skills to kids in private schools. The company's called Readac, R-E-A-D-A-K, and they're still in business. And it was just like, okay, I have a job. I wanted to travel. It was, you know, one of those things that they trained you for. And when I got there and I learned that it was about reading, I was like, oh, this is not good because <laughs> I don't like to read. But they, they basically taught me the things that I needed to know that I wished I had known when I was, you know, in high school or in college that would, were like, if they had only told me this, I think college would have been a whole lot easier. And so then I got to teach it and then I got to really enjoy it. And it's not just the kids in grades like 5 through 12 that need it, but also the adult population. And so that's when it was in 1988, I decided to start my own business to really, you know, solidify this and to really make this something that older people could do. So that's, that's kind of where it started. That's, that's great to hear. And I'm so glad you did because there are people who have learned to read almost incorrectly. When I was going through this book, I was as excited, maybe a little more excited than I am right now, just because it was, all the information was fresh. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, I learned, I learned those strategies. She had a seventh grade teacher who taught her how to read 
using a lot of the more advanced strategies that you talk about in your book. Because, like, I don't know, that she, this is just one random English teacher who happens to teach this way. But a lot of times what you've learned in grade school, and, and you don't really unlearn it, is um, that you're supposed to read every word. You're supposed to sound out every word in your head. And you're supposed to slow down if you don't completely understand every bit of the text. And that has a negative effect on concentration. I wonder if you could talk about that, why slowing down actually does not help your comprehension or your concentration. Definitely. Well, I, I was noticing, too, that you called this podcast Reading at the Speed of Thought. So this comment is going to be related to that, that most people, when they read, they sound out words. That's how we learn how to read. We sound it out, hear it in our heads. That's kind of what uh, phonics is all about. And that's how most people in the United States, anyway, have learned how to read. And so we do this, you know, dutifully for all the years that we learn how to read. But what that does is it limits us to how fast we can read. So if you are sounding out, hearing every word in your head, almost speaking it so that you can hear it, you limit yourself to about 150 words per minute. And so that's a fairly slow rate when you think of how many words there are in books. And so at 150 words per minute, you're talking one word at a time. Now, thinking, the speed of thought, is around 350 to 400 words per minute. So if you think of this, that you have from 150 to, let's say, 400, you have 250 words per minute that the brain is looking to occupy when you're reading. So unless those 150 words are really demonstrative in its descriptions, uh, if you're reading fiction, then maybe, maybe you're fine because you can actually follow it. But you really need to be reading around 400 words per minute or faster to avoid this daydreaming phenomenon because you need to be able to fill up that 250 words per minute. This is why when you're like in a lecture hall or someone's talking to you that's talking a long time, that we start to daydream because our brain needs more than the 150 words per minute that someone is talking at. And so that's why we need to be able to read faster and that helps with your concentration. Nice. And the Nice thing about podcasts, I do this, and if people out there are doing this right now, I do not mind. You can speed them up and get that information a little bit quicker. Because <laughs> right. I know, I, you know, you'll daydream or maybe uh, I'm going on a tangent like I am right now. And <laughs> um, so you, you don't necessarily need to have it at the 150 words per minute. And, you know, if you've got the average book is 64,000 words, at 150 words a minute, that's going to take seven hours. If you can get it up to the speed of thought, the 300, the 400 words per minute, that's two, three hours. And that's just a dramatic difference in how much information that you can consume. And the more that you're able to to read, the more thoughts and ideas that you're able to bring into your world that help you make better decisions. Because smart people before you have put these things down on paper (laughs) and it's about accessing them. It's about decoding them. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got kind of an interesting story that that got me into speed reading is uh, we were talking on our our chat messenger board, hip chat and Mike Schmitz, the co-host of the productivity show said, Hey, there's this app that's normally $10. That's free right now. It's called quick read. And I was like, free app, all right, download right now. Um, I was probably being distracted by something. And uh, so I did, and what I really liked about the application is that it took information from my Pocket. So the Pocket is an application where you can put it on your browser, and if there's an article that you find interesting but you don't have time to read it right now, you just click the button and it'll save it to your Pocket 
It's very similar to, um, oh, there's another application out there that competes <laughs> with it. I don't use it, so I can't remember the name right now. So I liked it. I was like, oh, man, maybe I can read some more of these articles that I've been um, been wanting to get to. And I kept on turning up the dial of this. And I my comprehension was not going down. I, I understood what was going on. And that kind of made me realize, oh, maybe I can read faster. And uh, there was there was a, a, a person that I trust that uh, recommended this book to me for speed reading. So I, I went online and and I got it. And I you just let me know that 10 Days to Faster Reading was published in 2001. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's why you're talking about Alta Vista. But yeah. it's still, it, it, it's, there's one or two like quasi dated things, but there's every, all the material in there is, is completely um, up to date and on point. And you just heard me drop the book. Um, so I was like, all right, well, let me give this a go. And um, you actually told a story in your book about this, um, a similar device to the app that I had that was built in the 1940s for, uh, for, for people in the Air Force to help them recognize a, um, a planes quicker. So can you talk about that tool and how it helped people realize that, oh, people can actually bring in more information than uh, than previously thought. Happy to it. And when you when you had sent me the note that you wanted me to talk about it, I so here we're gonna we're gonna take your audience and split them into two. The ones that when they were younger in elementary school, let's say, actually had like a projector um, that had a tachistoscope. It's called a tachistoscope. And, <laughs> I let you pronounce it okay. first because I had no clue. <laughs> I can pronounce. <laughs> I was it. way off. I have two of them sitting in my attic right now (laughs) because I use them. A tachistoscope. Tachistoscopes are basically slide projectors with film strips that go in them that were timing devices. You could set them to go off uh, in one line at a time or or two lines at a time at a certain speed. So there was a speed dial on these these mechanical things that, um, you know, film strip projectors is really what they were. So anybody that's probably, I would say... Mm, younger than 40 might not know what I'm talking about, but anyone over 40 probably does. And so these tachistoscopes, basically it flashes words or sentences up on a screen uh, where you just have to kind of try to follow the story. And so I have these film strips that I still have that would talk about like how we started out learning about um, painkillers. You know, it was a story of how we learned about painkillers or there was one about um, dentists and there was another one. I mean, there were all different kinds of stories that you had to follow. And then after showing these words very quickly up on a screen, then you were asked questions and people were like blown away by this. But it was interesting that people understood more than they thought they could at the speed that it was delivered. So then, you know, fast forward to the computer age after about 1995 or so, we started to get, or even year 2000, believe it or not, that we started to have more digital ability on the computer where that tachistoscopic drill became on the computer. And for many of you, you now know, because you've probably seen it in the news a lot in the past year or so, is something called spritz. And this is kind of like the epitome of tachistoscopic um, usage on a computer screen. It's called spritz, where you take something you want to read and you paste it into into spritz and it delivers it one word at a time in a certain place. It's called Rapid Serial Visualization Presentation, RSVP. 
and it's just very neat to try. So Spritz is one application. Another one I like is Spreeder, S-P-R-E-E-D-E-R, because it's free, Spreeder's free. And you just take, let's say, an article that you want to read on the web, copy the text, put it in there, and like really, really try to to test your eyes and brain because the eyes and brain, the more that it gets practice in seeing words being presented quickly, will get better and faster at being able to read better on paper. So it's very, it's, it's very cool. These, uh, the, the tachistoscopic drills and how we've actually adapted them from the swimster projector to the digital age, uh, now. And so it's still available. Nice. And I'm sure, uh, what's nice about the digital is you don't have to read the same material over and over and over again. That's right. <laughs> the the slides are probably a little expensive to make. Oh, yeah. No, awesome. They don't make them anymore. All right. So hopefully we've convinced people you are actually able to decode or, or take in more information and actually comprehend it faster than you might imagine. If you're still not convinced, go to Spreeder uh, or download the app that I was just talking about and test for yourself and, and actually see this. However, most material is still in books, whether it be the Kindle or the you know, physical book, and you can't really take that and put it into these applications. So what are some strategies that we could use today to to be faster. And, and maybe we can just talk about some of the characteristics of, of efficient readers first so people kind of know whether they're on the efficient train or if they're, they've got some work to do. Okay, so we'll start there. Um, and I know that you're probably referring to a page in my book where I, I have two columns. One is a list of inefficient reader qualities and a, and a column of efficient reader qualities. And basically, they're opposite of each other. So, for example, someone who is efficient, and these are the, these are the qualities that we, we aspire to, is that we read rapidly. And, and just to qualify that, rapidly doesn't mean rapidly all the time. Rapidly means that we have the ability to when we want to, but it doesn't mean that we do it all the time. There are times that you really do need to slow down based on your familiarity or your need. Why am I reading this? What do I need to read it for? And so having uh, the ability to read rapidly is important, but not necessary all the time. Um, rhythmic eye movements is something that, that I talk about a lot because your eyes, the way you read, if you, okay, so here's something you can do with a friend is like take a magazine or a book and, and face each other, sit facing each other and take that book or magazine and one of you just read silently to yourself while the other person watches your eyeballs and then swap so that the other person now is reading silently and you're watching their eyeballs. They may have to lift their head up a little bit so you can see them. And the eyes tell a, an amazing story of where they stop, how often they stop, do they go backwards instead of just forward all the time. It's a, it's a reading habit called regression. And so the idea is to start there to say, okay, this is how my eyes are moving. Now we want to become more rhythmic so that we go forward faster without that choppiness that we see when we, when we watch each other read. So um, that's something for those who are listening can try with, uh, with a friend. I do it in classes sometimes and people are like amazed of what they, they never look at their eyes you know, when they read <laughs> and, and it's just so, so much fun you know, to see that. So a rhythmic eye movement basically comes from understanding that you don't need to decode every single word anymore. Once, once you're about age of about seventh grade, you have what's called a good sight vocabulary, meaning you look at a word, you know what it means. You're not just, you're not looking at the word going, I have no idea what it means. So having a good sight vocabulary allows you to 
look at a word quickly to understand what it means and to then not sound out everything and also understand that you can look for groups of words that form thoughts. So I call it phrasing or thought grouping or chunking. Any way, any of those terms all qualify for this. When you're looking down at a page, you know, at a sentence, instead of looking at every single word at a time, you look at groups that belong together, they're thought groups. So when you do that, you read more rhythmically because you get a thought, a thought, a thought, instead of word, 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 word. And it's just, it makes the eyes flow easier going across the lines. Now with that, it helps to be able to keep your place. Now on a page, be it on screen or on paper, there's a lot of words. And how do the eyes go accurately from left to right and then back to the beginning of the next line left and back to the right and back to the left? without losing its place. It's amazing to me that people do it without using their hands or a card to read with. And this is one of the things that I think you saw in the book, that every, every day of this book has one hand or card method. And in my other book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Speed Reading, I added three. There's 13 of them, not just 10. And there's even more than that, but these are the ones that I've found to be most useful for most people. But uh, not but the one that I always share with people that help them to become efficient is to start using a blank white card. This one, I would say about 80%, we look at the 80-20 rule, that 80% of the people that when they learn this method go, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So basically what it is, is you take a blank white card and you put it on your reading material where most people want to put it is under the line they're reading. But that's not good anymore. You know how to read and what you're doing is you're blocking where you're going and you're leaving available what you've already read. And so if you leave that available, your brain is going to think, oh, maybe I didn't get it. Maybe I need to go back. And so you get this thing called regression and you don't trust your brain and you're blocking where you're going. So putting that card under your where you're reading is not good. Instead, flip it, put it on top of the reading. So what you're reading, you're reading under the card, not on top of it. And so it pushes you down. It's almost like someone's pushing from behind. And what it does is, is it reduces your tendency to go back. It forces you to learn to trust your brain. And it also helps to get more rhythmic eye movements because you can't lose your place when you have a straight edged card. So I highly recommend people do that. A blank white card, three by five, four by six, the backside of a business card, a piece of blank white paper, any of those are great to start with. Nice. And there's, uh, I feel like the rhythmic eye movement was actually the thing that helped me, the skills that you taught in the book, and I'm sure in all of your places, learning how to move my eyes more effectively down the page mm-hmm. was some, was my big thing. I, I, it went from about, I did the test beforehand, every chapter on the 10 days you, you do a test. I went from about 250 to a consistent 400, 450 words per minute. Right. By, uh, by, by, there was basically three techniques that I, I use that I found most effective. And you've got way more techniques in there that, um, that, that people will find more effective. I actually didn't find the card as effective for me because I'd learned that technique before. Um, actually not your, your reverse kind. So maybe I, I didn't try give that as much of a go. But at the time I was doing, uh, something I called my walk and read. And part of my morning ritual was to hop on the treadmill hmm. and walk at like two and a half miles per hour and, and hop on my Kindle and read for 30 minutes or an hour. Um, and so the card was kind of like fumbling around a little bit. Um, so what I did is, is when I learned your strategy about uh, reading keywords, 
um, reading between the lines and using the swing your eyes method, mm-hmm. that was like, oh my gosh, is magic. I can I can read quickly now and I don't regress because uh, because my eyes know where to go and I don't fumble around on little words because I'm I'm looking for these key words um, and and I'm looking at the top of the all of the the words on the on the page uh, so I I don't actually like. Um, go in and, and go back and regress to what I'd been doing before, which is reading every single word. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about how you train people um, around the eyes and, and the movement around the eyes? Because I think that's something that, that really helps with, um, with it helped me with regression and, and a little bit with subvocalization. I'm laughing over here, Zach, because you're saying you're trying the white card method on a treadmill. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's I didn't. No, no, no. Originally, I didn't. And I know you have some <laughs> chapters in there, too, which um, is actually really good um, mm. focus techniques where you're like, well, why are you reading this? Um, what um, what purpose do you have to read? And, and this is actually kind of a big one. I, I talked to a lot of people and uh, about productivity in different areas. And one thing that consistently comes up is there's, I've got so much stuff that I want to read and I don't actually ever get to it. Um, so maybe I, re- I retract my question. Maybe we can talk <laughs> a little bit about that um, instead of, uh, <laughs> and, and then get back into the eye swing a little bit later, because this is actually an important point. Um, and it's something that actually Tan from Asian Efficiency taught me about a strategy that he uses, um, which is exactly the strategy you use, is knowing exactly what you want to learn before you even start reading the book. Um, but can you talk about maybe some 80-20 on, on reducing the amount of reading that you actually do or, or being more effective when you are diving into a book about the what and the why behind your, your reading list? Definitely. And I'll, I'm going to use actually magazines as an example, just um, because it's it's a little bit easier, I think, than a book. But it's, it does still apply, to, you know, to books. So let's just say, you know, hypothetically, uh, you know, a lot of people do. And I, I ask them in classes, you know, how many of you have a reading pile? And you get the hand up. I said, how many of you have more than one? And, you know, the hands sheepishly go up. And I'm like, well, you know, I have three. But I'll tell you what's, I, I know what's in each one. And I know it's very intentional what's there. So that's the difference between my piles and other people's piles. And this came, Zach, from a time when I was feeling overwhelmed. I had been in my business for about 10 years. So now I've, I'm now in my business almost 28. But around the 10-year mark, I had an overwhelming amount of reading material sitting in my to-read stack. And I'm going, how could this be? I'm a speed reading expert. I know how to do this. Why do I have all this stuff here? So I created this process that I'll share with you that um, people really find helpful because I'm basically giving them permission to not read everything. So basically you take all the material that you have, you know, in the bathroom, on your kitchen counter, in your office, put it all together. And that represents everything that you're saving to read someday. And then what you want to do is to put a personal value on each piece where you are today. So if let's say you were into cooking a long time ago, and so you have all these magazines on cooking, but you're really not into cooking anymore, that's that's going to have a lower value than something that might be like, you're, maybe you're reading Success Magazine because you're now an entrepreneur and you want to read more about that. So that would be have a higher value. And it's on a scale of one to 10. So one is like of absolute no value and 10 is the most value you could ever have. So when you, you basically look at this pile and make piles of anything that you have that is 
over a six, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, which means they're valuable. And anything under a six, one through five, you put that in a separate pile. And anything that's under, under six, you probably want to unsubscribe to, recycle, get rid of, because it's not a value to you. And everything over six, then you have to decide, okay, look at all the stuff that's still left. Maybe you halved your pile. You, you got rid of half and you still have half. Okay, but you don't have time on a regular basis to get through all this stuff. So instead, what you want to do is triage the pile and say, okay, how much can I really legitimately get through? And what are the things I really want to spend my time on? so that you don't end up with big stacks on a regular basis. So it's basically making a quality pile instead of a quantity pile. That's a quality pile versus quantity. And, and it's just so much easier to go attack a pile that you like than one that's just overwhelming. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things that I love to do, even for myself, is to just get rid of things that are not of value and keep the things that are of value. Great. And I can really see how you can bring this into... The digital realm as well. So, for example, oh, the yeah. app that I have called Pocket, I could just say, you know, priority, not a priority. I could just tag those, or with uh, with email newsletters that I that I like to read, or uh, I could say, oh, let me think about this. Is this a high priority? If it's kind of in the middle, I can maybe put it on my roll up and see if I wanted to see it there. If not, if it's a high priority, I keep it in my inbox, and if it's a low, you know, just unsubscribe and and not not be inundated with too much more information that I can actually take in. Totally. You can do it with e-signs, you know, online newsletters you get, you know, decide, okay, I want to unsubscribe to this one. I, I'm, I'm done with it. It was good for me for a while. And people do that with mine too. They sign up for mine and after they get good at reading or they've taken my course and they're done, they're like, then they unsubscribe. I'm like, fine, good. You know, I'm so glad, you know, <laughs> you've used me as you need it and then move on. No problem. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I want to go back to your college days where you talked about there was just basically you saw no point in staying up and doing a an all-nighter with reading because you would read something, maybe a page or a paragraph or a chapter, and just have no memory of what what you actually just read. And I've had this experience. I feel like a lot of people out there might have had this experience before. Can you talk about how to increase your concentration while reading so this doesn't happen as often? Uh, certainly. I think, um, like sitting upright at a desk or table when you're using the white card would help <laughs> instead of on a treadmill. <laughs> what? I can't watch. Hey, so oh, my, God. my feeling, and I, I've got uh, another friend, uh, who's actually going to be on the podcast right before you, we were talking about how she plans her weeks with her calendar. Um, Kendra, uh, we, we both got this habit at the same time and our thought was like, oh man, blood's flowing through our, our body and it makes us be able to concentrate a little bit more. So that was our theory. We, the book does jingle a little bit, so maybe, you know, the eyes do. Okay. <laughs> Sidebar over. That uh, You it. are the okay. expert. You've been doing this 28 years <laughs> and I, I don't know why I'm trying to argue with you. No, uh, no. I, you know, I, I, I believe like in my books, I basically lay out a menu. It's There are a lot of great ideas there and it's not a box that I put people in it. Like, you said, well, you know, the white card method really didn't work as well for me, maybe because it's on a treadmill. But nonetheless, that <laughs> there's so many different ways that people can become more efficient. And not everything that I present is good for everybody. And so yeah. it's different than saying you have to do this, this and this, and that's the only way to do it, because that's not true. The widening so. the eyes, too, that had been something I'd, taught, I'd been taught previously, trying to expand your field of vision. I've, I've never been able to, to get on that one either. 
So I just want to get back to your other question about how to get the concentration. This is really important because no matter what strategy you learn, if you're constantly being distracted when you're trying to read, if you're in a too comfortable place when you're reading for work purposes or learning or academic you know, reading, it's just not going to work. The brain is thinking it's going to sleep and relax instead of work. And so you have to put your body in a physiological place that it's used to working, which is usually a cleared off desk or table without much else there. Not clutter, you don't want stuff, you know, piled all over. You don't want to be balancing your books. And that's, to me, the best way to do it is you're basically sitting yourself down saying, I am working here and I am going to get as much as I can out of it instead of, oh, I'm going to relax on my couch while I read my, you know, you know, a psychology textbook. Like, no, you need to be sitting at a desk or table for that. If you read your novel on the couch, that's fine. If you read it before you go to bed, it's awesome. I think reading before bed is a great nightcap, but for the most part, it's not going to be something you're going to learn a lot when you're going to bed, you know, you know, laying down in a prone position. So it's about positioning yourself physically and getting rid of distractions and, um, just saying to yourself, how much time do I have? Let's say you have one hour. All right. What do I want to get done in an hour? And really like aim for that goal and say, I want to finish these 35 pages of this, you know, book that I'm reading so that you're conscious and mindful and active and engaged in this. It just is amazing how you can do that. So um, it's really an intentional process to make the concentration happen. And for anybody that thinks that, especially when I talk to college students and I say, so how many of you save reading to the end of the day? You know, and the hand goes up and I said, and then, you know, so how much do you get done? And they, they say, it's really hard. Reading needs to be done when you're more awake. You need maybe right after that cold shower or after that cup of coffee or, you know, what is what are your body rhythms during the day where you're more awake? That's when you need to do the reading. Because if you wait until 10 at night after you've had a full day, for most people, that doesn't work. And so you need to find other parts of your day to get that kind of learned learning reading, work type reading done. Yeah, I think that that working reading at peak state, especially if it's something important for your school or your job, that's a, a really good point to make. Um, and you know what's not comfortable? A treadmill. So <laughs> I think, you know, you're trying to be, what I do is I listen to audiobooks on a treadmill because mm-hmm. this way my eyes, it's so hard when you're trying to move your body that your eyes, to, you know, your eyes are moving too. And so to be able to go cross lines while you're moving is difficult. So that's why I think audiobooks are good. And by the yeah. way, 10 Days to Faster Reading isn't an audiobook that I uh, published last year and I updated those. Uh, internet chapters. So it's not exactly what the book is. So it's it's more current, just so you know. Cool. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. And audio books are, yeah, th- those are my favorite. I usually do that when I'm walking the dog because that's yeah. way too much time. <laughs> I definitely can't <laughs> walk the dog and, and read it. It's speed read at the same that's time. That's dangerous. <laughs> <clears throat> Very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so Abby, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and really sharing. I got to respect your time. I I know um, if people want to find out more, we, we're going to talk about some of the resources where they can find you, uh, pop on over to your, your podcast and, and learn some more techniques. I just wanted to get people's basically, you know, get that idea out there and learn some of the, the skills that you teach. And, and I'm really happy with, with kind of where, where, what we're able to cover in the short amount of time that we have. But just to add to that reading stack, I was wondering if you could share with me a book you might recommend to help people be more productive? I definitely can do that. I have a, a book that I recommend, and um, I also teach a time management class. And I, I share this book called Crazy Busy 
by Dr. Edward Hallowell, and he believes that most people have adult onset ADD because of this distractionable society that we live in. And I love his stories. I think he's um, he's really on point. And at the end of the book, he gives all these different concrete things that you can do to not become so crazy busy. He also has an audio book, by the way, and it's also very entertaining and he's very enjoyable to listen to. So I highly recommend Crazy Busy. Wonderful. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. What about a tool or a resource that you use to be more efficient with your days? Well, it's a reading tool, actually, uh, because I read a lot online. I do a lot of research, and it's uh, called Beeline Reader, B-E-E-L-I-N-E, Beeline Reader, and it's an app that you put onto your computer. I think it costs $9.99, $9.99, and I think you can try it for free, where you, let's say you're looking at a news page and you want to read it without all of the flashing ads. You click on your Beeline Reader and it puts it into printer-friendly format, but then it colors the line. So one line might be kind of fading in red, then it goes blue, then it goes yellow, and then it goes green. And it's so easy to follow on screen because you follow all the red, then you go to the blue, then you go to the green. And it's a very cool, very cool tool. Highly recommend it, Beeline Reader. Well, would you recommend it to somebody who is colorblind? <laughs> then it wouldn't work probably. So okay. I don't okay. know. I, I, can't I use doubt it. it. <laughs> what about most people can. So Beeline Reader, nice. Uh, mm. Looking forward to checking that out, um, yeah. sharing that with people. Ritual or a habit, something that you do every day or nearly every day that, that helps you bring more value to your life. So for me personally, um, I think, you know, I, I, I have a lot of different hands in different places and different uh, businesses, and I'm also on two boards, and I have kids and a family and, and a household. And so for me, it's all about breathing. So I really try my best to do a lot of deep breaths. I have a bumper sticker in front of my computer that says breathe. It's a big, big bumper sticker. But I do yoga um, a couple, uh, definitely a couple times a week, definitely once a week, I'll give you that. Because to me, it's all about coming back into myself. And then I swim three days a week. And so when I'm swimming, there's it, the more regulated I get my breathing, the better. And I keep remembering, it's all about breathing. It's all about breathing. And so that really helps fuel everything else, physical and mental. That is, I really enjoy that one. It's, <laughs> it, because without the oxygen, you're, you're, you're not going to have the energy in your brain. Um, without, with, when you notice your breath, you're in the present moment. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that, that really resonates with me. I like, I like that ritual. Good. I'm glad. All right. <laughs> Well, Abby, um, I, I know you had some some things coming up, and I just want to uh, give you the, the floor if you have any last bits of information that you want to share, either pieces of advice, where they can find you online, and then we'll we'll close things up. I appreciate that, and thank you so much for having me here. I love to share this with people because most people don't know enough about how they read and don't know that they can become better at it. So I appreciate this opportunity. Um, I'm also very excited that just this month we have released a brand new version of my online course that's now available for iPads and tablets. And you, anyone who's listening, can get a free day. It's basically the first three modules out of nine. Uh, on my website at revitupreading.com, R-E-V-I-T-U-P, reading.com. And you can get a free day pass to check it out to see if it's something you think you might want to learn from. 
And uh, I think if anything, it'll give you a good baseline. You get to know what your reading speed is if you do the first three modules and a couple things that you can do to make it better. So even if you don't buy the course, you can get three free modules. Awesome. We'll be sure to add that link in there too. So thank, thank you so you. much, Abby. I'm a big fan of your work. It really did. Uh, going from somebody who, um, who who felt like I wasn't very fast at reading, and this is, I was 29 years old, uh, and just picking up this book and, and actually changing that and being able to consume things uh, to, to as the title of this, uh, this podcast is probably going to be, read at the speed of thought. It really is a game changer. And everyone out there, if you don't, if you feel like you're a little slow right now, I just would encourage you to to pick up some skills. We mentioned a gob ton of of, of apps you can try out, uh, as as well as as Abby's material. Um, just try it out and and find look keep looking for techniques that work for you because I know I'd gotten discouraged because I I tried learning speed reading text te- techniques before and they didn't work. So I was like, well, this is kind of a crock. Uh, but just keep looking until you find the ones that resonate most with you. Cool. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you you did this. So thanks for reading my book. Thanks for writing your book. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Right. Bye-bye, Abby. Take care. <laughs>